Good morning. Happy New Year. There's no better place to be than with the saints and worship on New Year's Day, right? Um, I'm doing a lot of uh, study about the parallelism between the first garden in Genesis 2 and John's garden in John chapters 18 to uh, 20. And I feel like I'm in the garden right now with our beautiful stage, but not like the pre-fall Adam, more like the post-fall Adam. (laughs) But the good news is when the fullness of time has come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, the last Adam, so that uh, He might redeem those who were under the law. Jesus Christ, the last Adam, took the form of a servant, obeyed His Father to the point of death, even death on a cross. And because of what He accomplished on the cross, God exalted Him and gave Him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let me read for us our passage for this morning. It's uh, Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall never depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful moment that you have set before us. Thank you for the year that was. Thank you for what you have done and for the more that is in store. We humbly ask you now that you will open our hearts and our minds to see wonderful truths from your word. Grant that we would see and hear no one but Christ, all for his sake and for the good of your body. Amen. Our passage today anticipates the dramatic river crossing 
in which Israel finally enters the promised land. In the background stand the long centuries since God first gave the promise of the land in Genesis 12, verse 7. Those centuries saw the sojourning of the patriarchs, Israel's harsh slavery in Egypt, the miraculous exodus, the covenant-making at Mount Sinai, and the wilderness wandering. With Joshua 1, a new day dawns for Israel. And I call this a wow moment for the people of God. This is a wow moment after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Wow, it's time to possess the land. After 40 years of eating manna and quail, wow, it's finally time to taste different food. After many years of wondering if the journey would ever end, wow, it's finally time for them to receive their covenant inheritance. Well, the parallel may not be exactly the same, but as for you, you are also entering a new season, a new stage in your journey with God. Maybe you are not feeling so overjoyed about this new season. The new year might be weird because you are unsure of many things. Or maybe you're struggling with sadness because of sickness, pain, or loss. Perhaps you are facing something that frightens you. When God calls Joshua to arise, go over this Jordan into the promised land, he attaches the promise, I will be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. The Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Well, God's presence gives us comfort in the face of fear. It gives us courage to face the adversity. He is a faithful and powerful God who pledges to be with us, to minister to us in our need, and to enable us to deal with whatever confronts us. God's promised presence invites peace to guard our hearts and courage to guide our steps. So as we find ourselves now in a very critical transition from 2022 to 2023, remember that like Joshua, you do not enter empty-handed. Well, Joshua had to deal with the difficult fact that Moses was now dead. He probably felt daunted by the task. He probably felt incapable as a leader. He may have been even scared, but our faithful, our covenant-keeping God gave him the assurance to succeed in this brand new season. So the days of mourning, the wanderings are over. Israel must advance and take possession of the land. But what did God ask Joshua to do? And I believe that this has implications for us, for our ministry, for our life with God. How do we fulfill our God-given mandate until we enter 
God's rest. Yesterday, my son was asking me, Dad, do you have any resolutions? <laughs> now, this is actually what I'm praying and asking God to do this year, that I will continue to move forward by faith, that I will declare the faithfulness of God wherever, whenever, whatever it, uh, it takes. And by His grace, I will stand firm on God's word. Step out in faith, see, experience the faithfulness of God, and stand firm on God's word. Move forward by faith. In other words, if we are standing still, we are going nowhere. I used to say when, when, when we talked about discipleship, you cannot say to the Lord, Lord, I will follow you and you will stay where you are. We need to break away from our comfort zone. We need to move forward by faith. God always has the next leader. When you look at the Joshua chapter 1, he always has his appointed one standing in the shadow, being trained and prepared so that the work of God will continue and move forward. And that is what we see here. God gave Joshua the assurance of preparation. He's telling Joshua, you can move forward by faith. Why? Because I have prepared you for this, for this task. You are prepared. All these things were preparations for what was next in Joshua's life. Now, you see how God has prepared Joshua. When you look at Exodus 15, he was among the people that crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. And that was a preparation for him to cross the Jordan River. In Exodus 17, Moses told Joshua to select men to go and fight against the Amalekites. And he did. And he led that army. And that was a preparation for more wars in Canaan. In Numbers 13 to 14, he was one of the 12 spies that were sent to Canaan. A very dangerous mission. When the majority said, it's full of giants and we dare not set out foot in it or else we're done. Joshua and Caleb said, the Lord will surely give us the land. Joshua displayed a tremendous faith in God, faith in the impossible. And that was a preparation for all his exploits and victory in the promised land. As we can see, God intentionally used every moment he could to prepare Joshua for the task ahead. Folks, do not doubt for one moment that God has prepared you for the task ahead or for whatever awaits you this year. And beyond the content of your Bible learning, through your Bible reading, meditation, memorizing his, uh, his, his word, do not take for granted the many other things like your friends, your churchmates, your pastors, our pastors, our parents, the fellowships, ups and downs, the joy and mourning, the answered prayers, and all the other things 
that God has placed in your life. All of Joshua's life was, about, was but a preparation for this one moment in time. Every success, defeat, failure, every experience, it has all been to prepare him for this moment. He has a ministry for us today. He has a ministry for you tomorrow. And that right now, God is training and developing you and maturing you. We don't know, but we are hanging in there and we want to be faithful today. God's work is always advanced by faith. And that is what God requires from me and for you. Every moment of our life, the righteous shall live by faith. Remember, He's not a God of status quo. When God calls us to do something great for Him, the call is not only to take the first step, but He also expects us to follow it with further steps of faith. I'm sure you have already taken some great steps when you decided to follow Him. Persevere to finish it. You must continue to take great steps. Move forward by faith. Focus on Him. Don't take your eyes off Him. Someone said, doubt sees the obstacles. Faith sees the way. Doubt sees the darkest night. Faith sees the day. Doubt dreads to take a step. Faith soars on high. Doubt questions who believes. Faith answers I. Step out in faith. See the faithfulness. Of God. You see, a great work for God is done only because people see a great and faithful God. See how the divine command to possess the land is accompanied by divine promises? God's purposes are sure. God's purposes never fail. The reason why the purpose of God is sure is because God always keeps His promise. Joshua stands at a moment of transition, and at that moment, he stands in need of all the grace of God that is possible. And one of the things that God says to Joshua is this, remember my promise. God is able to deliver. God is able to defend us. God is fully, wholly, dependable, reliable. God will deliver. Note the accent on the fact that the Lord is giving Israel the land. Notice the tenses in verses 2 and 3. I am giving. And then he said, I have given. Well, Israel doesn't yet possess the land, but she already holds the title according to Martin Howard. So God can say, I have given it to you, in verse 3, using the past tense to express the absolute certainty of a future occurrence. 
God said, it's a done deal. What will God do? I will stop the Jordan River for you. I will break down the wall of Jericho. I will give you victory. We need to be audacious in our faith. We need to have great, bold, courageous faith in our God. Trust and believe that He goes before us. He opens a door that no man can close, and He closes a door that no man can open. The Lord will deliver on His promises. The Lord will defend His people. I like what the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 8. If God is for us, who can be against us? Now notice in verse 5, no human enemy can stand up against you. This amazing, astonishing invincibility derives not from raw human strength, superior technology, or strategic stealth. Rather, it comes from the presence of the Almighty God with Joshua. The very presence that won Moses' stunning victories. The presence is not only invincible, but also irrevocable. So in a word pair, Yahweh promises never to leave or forsake. Yahweh's efforts on his behalf, on Joshua's behalf, will always be vigorous. His presence will always be constant. Now, God has strange ways of fulfilling His promises. Sometimes our lives can be falling apart, and God is saying, I'm keeping my promise. Sometimes an unprecedented pandemic may come. Sometimes the storms may break. An extreme financial need may arise. Sometimes a serious illness or a loss of a loved one may crash into our lives. But God's promise is sure and certain. He's promised to bless us. He's promised to keep us. He's promised never to leave us or forsake us. Or even when our lives look to be in ruins, God's promises are certain. And that's what Joshua is being told. God can be trusted. God is dependable. God is reliable. His promises are unchanging and unchangeable. You know what it is to trust someone, right? My brothers and sisters, friends, there is dependability about God. There is a rock-like quality about the God of Israel. This is what made Yahweh, the covenant Lord of Israel, so different from all the surrounding deities of the Canaanites. Let's continue to remind ourselves that our God, our immutable God, unchangeable, unchanging God, is dependable. I was asked by someone a few weeks ago, what has God been teaching you recently? What has God been teaching you recently? 
you know, my answer was that God is teaching me to be helpless and needy before Him in prayer. And I think that's the biggest thing that God has taught me, that God has taught us for the last seven years. Facebook just reminded me that we've been here in the U.S. for seven, seven years now. Seven years. But I'm still fighting for my accent. A- accent. Well, if I were to summarize everything that we have gone through since our first day here, it has been about seven years of looking to Him and finding Him often in the most unexpected ways. And it has been a journey of learning, growing, growing, daily living in prayers and trust that God has a wonderful plan for my family. We looked up to Him when we first came here and we didn't have a place to live in. But God showed Himself and displayed His providential care when a family that we just met here in New Jersey opened their house for us and accommodated us for five months. <laughs> for five months. And then the Lord led us to a CLC with our very own Mr. Jim Pittman. We looked up to him in grief and mourning when we lost our second baby through miscarriage. We were so devastated. We felt so alone. But God has showed himself as a God of comfort. We look up to him when Mateo was born and he was diagnosed with a rare genetic condition called Prader-Willis syndrome. Stayed in the NICU for three months and honestly with all of the procedures and surgeries that were done to him, I thought he would never have survived. But he's four years old now and he's thriving. Praise the Lord for that. We look up to him when our eldest son, eldest son's right knee suddenly got swollen and his eyesight became blurred. He was diagnosed with a rare autoimmune disease. We look up to him when Rachel's dad, my father-in-law, passed away last July. And we can travel back to the Philippines to mourn and grieve with our family. We look up to Him in joy, feasting, loneliness, sadness, grief, loss, pain, and we find Him, we found Him in all of those places. I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. I'm sure that it's the same thing for our ministry here in Shelton, that the most important way that we have served our God has been as we've sat with empty hands, recognizing our helplessness, pleading for God to do something in His kingdom for our church. And He has done something. The Lord has done wonderful things, and He will continue to do something until he brings everything into consummation when our resurrected and ascended Messiah returns. Stand firm on God's word. You see, the actualization of what is promised 
is dependent on the wholehearted obedience of God's people. It emphasizes the absolute centrality of obedience to the instruction, to the Torah. Joshua's success hangs totally on his unswerving obedience to it. So three more times, God exhorts Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Well, the courage that Joshua is called to exercise is of divine origin, generated by the divine word. In God's economy, there are no imperatives without indicatives, no commands without teaching as to how those command, commands can be obeyed and what it means to actively trust God's promises. Here's no exception. Verse 7 tells us that strength and courage are directly dependent on careful, detailed obedience to the written word of Yahweh in the law given to Moses. So if you are going to be a man of God, if you are going to be a woman of God, be careful to do everything that God asks you to do. That's the way you will grow, and that's the way you will become strong. Meditate on God's Word, and that means a deep and detailed acquaintance, not just a surface level of understanding of God's Word. Day and night, it is to be the subject of Joshua's meditation. Now, what does that mean? It means that you see every subject in all of life through the grid and the prism of God's infallible and inerrant Word. So this is our guide, the Word of God. God's Word is to be constantly read aloud to Joshua and to others, constantly rehearsed and remembered, and constantly obeyed in action that is meticulous and enthusiastic. Unswerving and unconditional obedience to the Lord's will is the guarantee of prosperity and success. Now, don't take this as some health and wealth gospel. This has nothing to do with the size of your bank balance, the expensive clothes you wear, and the fancy cars you drive. This has everything to do with the purposes of the living God being fulfilled. I like how Steve Lawson defined success. He said, and I quote, success is knowing and doing God's will no more, no less. It is having the applause of heaven and not men. Success is having the hands of God upon us for good and not against us. Success is being faithful to the work and not being famous for the work. Success is hearing God's commendation in the end, not His condemnation. It is seeing the smile of God, not His frown. Success is leaving a spiritual legacy behind us, one that will last long even when we are gone. So let me just summarize everything that I've just said. Yes, it is time. It is time for us to step out in faith, to see the faithfulness of God, 
and to stand firm on God's Word. It's now time for us to heed God's commission. It's now time for us to go and make disciples of all nations. It's now time for us to go and claim more lands for God. But as you go, remember, the Lord your God is with you. I believe that the praise here, your God, is foundational to our understanding of all the promises of God. Whatever promise is made to believers in Scripture, it is nothing less than an explanation and application of this profound statement. The Lord your God, that He is our God, that He is not only preeminent and powerful, but He is also personal. He is not only majestic, He is also mine. This praise, your God speaks of your unshakable, unchangeable, and unchanging covenant relationship with God. The core of a divine promise is not so much the thing promised, but God Himself. As Joel B.K. said, when a man has God, he has all, for he is blessedness itself. All of God's promises depend on the truth that God is our God. And this is foundational. Now, if the foundation of the promises of God is His presence in us, our God, He is our God, the fountainhead from which they flow to us is Christ. He is the fountainhead in the spring of the divine promises. Our relationship with God is affected in us and for us through Christ's mediation and saving work. Now, without the saving work of Jesus, whose name means Yahweh saves, the Greek form of, of, of Joshua, which also means Yahweh saves, without the saving work of Jesus, we stand outside the reach of God's promises. All that is in Christ is ours. His love, His graces, His merits. He is our Savior and Redeemer. Jesus is the fountainhead of the promises because, of, because all of the promises of the covenant are accomplished through Him. As Paul says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all the promises of God in Him are yes and amen. Jesus is the fulfillment of the divine covenant presence, which is the highest covenant blessing imaginable. Jesus, Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Here's the greatest promise of all, which undergirds everything else the Lord has said. The same promise with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joshua. And this is an assurance that is equally our own. Behold, I'm with you always till the very end of this age. So my brothers and sisters, 
Friends, let us trust Jesus. The one who is greater than Joshua is a mighty warrior who leads us into victory, into all our battles against the enemy of our souls. And let us obey Jesus. He has passed through the wilderness and is now enthroned in heaven as the triumphant, transcendent, priestly king who is making intercession for his people and who is leading them to the consummation of their blessed hope. He is the one who has come out of the wilderness and the first to enter God's rest by faith and obedience to Christ, the journey from our own wilderness experience to the heavenly eschatological rests is possible. Let's continue to focus our eyes on Jesus. Believe in Him. Place our faith in Him. He's unchangeable, unchanging, the Alpha and the Omega, the only thing that is stable. Let's pray. Lord, as we step out in faith, may you allow us to see and experience your faithfulness. We pray that you will give us the comfort, the peace, and the joy that we need even as we continue our journey with you. Yes, there will be days of challenges, but you are with us. You are our God. You will not leave us. You will not forsake us. Help us to trust you and obey you. For your glory and honor, in Jesus' name, amen.